Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Today's date is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are at page 153, starting with the paragraph in the chapter, Working with Others, You Gather an Idea going through two paragraphs today. That's two paragraphs today, ending in proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. Today's readers are, and thank you everyone for your service, Team Tuesday, Allison L., Vinny T., Lisa B., Alice G., Joanne L., and our newcomer greeter in our second hour will be Elizabeth C., and our host for the second hour, Melissa C., the reference numbers for yesterday's 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting, Monday, April 27th, is 14,510. That's 14510. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 14,511. That's 14511. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At the Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alice G. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Alice. Good morning, all. This is Alice G., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you so much, Alice. I will now ask for Joanne L. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Joanne. Good morning, Amy, and once again, thank you very much for your service. I am Joanne L. from Rhode Island, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outsized enterprise, least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Nine, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I thank Layer a million times for letting me do service this month. I pass. Thank you so much, Joanne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone should 
everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted and uh, try not to speak on a speaker phone. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter of Vision for You on page 153, third paragraph, and I'm going, I'm going to go through two paragraphs. I'm going to have Allison get us started. Go ahead, Allison. I will. Thank you so much. In the chapter, Working with Others, you gathered an idea of how we approach and aid others to health. Suppose now that through you, several families have adopted this way of life. You will want to know more of how to proceed from that point. Perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future will be to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. Here is a brief account. Years ago, in 1935, one of our number made a journey to a certain western city. From a business standpoint, this trip came off badly. He had been successful in his enterprise. I'm sorry. Had he been successful in his enterprise, he would have been set on his feet financially, which at the time seemed vitally important. But his venture wound up in a lawsuit and bogged down completely. The proceeding was shot through with much hard feeling and controversy. Okay, I'm Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. What really stood out to me here um, was that what seemed vitally important to him and that um, then there were hard feelings following that. Um, this is um, something that is prominent for me right now because so many things seem vitally important to me on a daily basis right now. And that's because, you know, I have this limited perspective um, being human and I don't have the bigger spiritual perspective all the time of what really is vitally important um, so then I can form expectations and um, some of those can be you know for me right now keeping a schedule for my three kids educating them by you know other people's standards keeping a clean house um, helping everyone while doing all of this um, and those all seem vitally important to me at times um, and also vitally important to me um, is, is not feeling any pain, <laughs> uh, which is, of course, not real. Um, if, if these things don't go uh, to my plan, there are going to be hard feelings. Um, I need to pray each day. I'm taught in this program to pray each day for God to mold my ideals, um, to guide me each day, guide my decisions and my intuitions. Um, and still, even when I do that, there are going to be hard feelings. Um, they're just, they're part of life. Um, I, I have to accept that hard feelings are not a punishment uh, because I didn't manage well enough or I didn't meditate enough. Um, I just, I can't avoid hard feelings. They're an important indicator that do tell me something. So my job um, in recovery is not to prevent having hard feelings. Um, the problem um, for me is, what my mind tries to do to get rid of them when I have them. Um, and that's what the program guides me with and helps me with. So, you know, when the hard feelings are there, my, my mind um, has been trained all the years that I was not in recovery to say, okay, how do we get rid of this? Is it lunchtime yet? My mind can still initially go there. Well, that was painful. Is it, is it lunchtime yet? What time is it? Or, you know, what else can I do to avoid this feeling. So my work now is to to feel it, to stay with it, to identify um, then is, is there resentment, fear, selfishness, dishonesty. Tell someone, be honest about that, not wallow in it. 
um, and then to turn my thinking to helping someone else. And um, this is where, when I'm thinking of someone else, God comes into me and can do some changing and transforming within me. Um, yeah, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay, so before I take some names, I'd like to remind everyone that, you know, we value your experience, but we ask that we limit you, you limit your share to every third day so that others might share their experience as well. So I'm ready to take some names. Please go ahead. Melissa C. Melissa. Barbara E. Barbara. Mag D. Mag D. I can take some more. Colleen M. Colleen. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that name. Diana S. Diana S. S is in Sam. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think there was someone before Diana, but I didn't hear you. I mean, I didn't hear your name at all. So you want to chime in again? Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Yes, Diana S. Diana S. I got you, but I thought there was somebody else. There's some background noise going on, so I can't hear anybody. So if you could mute, that would be awesome. Okay. We're going to go with this group. Melissa C., Barbara E., Mag D., Colleen M., Diana F. And whoever that person was, I didn't hear your voice. Let me give you one more sec here to check in if you can. There was a lot of background noise. Can, can you give me your name again? Nancy F. No, it wasn't Nancy, but I got you down anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not getting it. Okay. okay. Melissa C. Now if you need the line, that would be great. Okay. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Please go ahead. Okay, great. Thanks, Amy, so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. And, you know, the paragraph, um, it starts off with the reference to working with others because, um, and I know there was, like, confusion before the meeting started, but um, because working with others is the vision for us. Like, that's my vision. Mm -hmm. And now my future, it's like my future and my whole life is going to rest on this working with other people. And, um, you know, and so, like, here we're going to see how we take our struggles and hard luck and we use it to do good. And, um, you know, like here, his business deal is, is going south, and he's going to be in a financial bind. And, um, you know, so, like, our vision for you, my vision, is not going to be a life of ease and perfection. And and it seems like a contradiction um, because when we're promised that we're going to live in the fourth dimension, like, we're also told that our lives are going to be improved if we stay close to God 
and perform his work well. And I just had this conversation with someone last night, and, you know, how can that be, right? Like, how is that? And it's because um, my definition of what um, fourth dimension is different than it used to be. Like, my roots are grasping different soil. So the things that sustain me, that give me, like, structure and meaning and nourishment are not getting my way anymore like that is a transformation that's that's a changed mind and a changed heart and that's can only happen because of god that's a that's miraculous to be you know to be sustained not by me getting what i want but by being useful and this is design it really works like it's not just lip service um you know i i was disturbed Two days ago, you know, I'm disturbed all the time. I'm human. I get bent out of shape, and I have a process. And, you know, what I found, what sets me back on my feet is not things going the way that I wanted them to do, but working with other people. You know, it it, it does something. It, it changes something inside me. And, you know, what I've come to see is that I can't base my happiness on what at the time seems vitally important because I don't know what's good for me. Like, in retrospect, the disease of compulsive overeating was the greatest gift in the world, you know, that was given to me because it drew me closer to my creator. And that made no sense. And so because my struggles actually eventually give me joy, um, like, I have to thank God how crazy that is for the struggle so that I can perform his work well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Barbara E., you're up. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. And good to be here on a beautiful, what is this, Tuesday morning and the sun is shining. Well, they make a reference to everything that we had learned in working with others. And what stuck in my mind was, of course, practical experience shows that nothing works so well and ensure my immunity from compulsive overeating as intensive work with others. And that I can help when no one else can because I've had this experience myself. I am a compulsive overeater. I love to eat when I'm feeling sad mad, lonely, isolated, frustrated. I don't rush to the refrigerator for a stalk of celery. I rush to the nearest fast food restaurant or sweet shop because it calms me down, it medicates me. So if a person wishes to talk, I listen carefully to what this person has to say. And if I think the person is sincerely interested in working this program, I explain about my experiences, how I went over and over again to different programs, diet, pay and weigh, psychologists, optifast, shots in my rear end, pills, losing the weight and always gaining it back. Something was missing. There was another piece to the puzzle, and I had to find out what it was. And we're going to learn in the next few days just a little bit how this wonderful program 
took its roots and got started with Bill going to Dr. Bob and the whole beautiful um, cacophony of voices that entered the program. And I know for myself, I was selfish, just honest, self-seeking and fearful most of the time. And when I was, what did I do? I went to the food, going from a size 2 to the size 24 in the course of a year. So I had to learn some creative uses of my disease in order to be able to be rid of it. And I can honestly say to you that this program worked for me when nothing else worked. We have to remember we deal with compulsive overeating in all its cunning, baffling, and powerful forms. And it states in this book that our addiction is just a symptom and our basic problem is our thinking. Thank you. So we're going to learn just how to solve this problem. It works. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Mag D, you're up, please. Hi, this is Mag D. Oh, Meg. Okay, sorry. Meg D, please go ahead. No worries. I'm in beautiful but a little bit rainy Rhode Island today. Um, what struck me on this paragraph is, um, like others have said, where it says, uh, seemed vitally important, that this business deal seemed vitally important. And it reminds me back to that paragraph we read where it says, job or no job, wife or no wife. For me, so many things seem so vitally important, and it would mean safety. If I had prestige, if I had the good job, if I had the house, if I had this, if I had that. I can't do this if I don't, whatever that was. And usually for me, that was putting off going on yet another diet. If I had all this straightened out, then I could control, and I could control my food. But I couldn't do it forever. So when I first came into OA, what really attracted me was the folks that could do this forever. I couldn't imagine that. I just could not imagine giving up those things for that period of time. And just being able to do that without it being the entire focus of my in existence. And for me, that having to concentrate, having to concentrate on the food and all of that and bargaining with it and on and on and on, that's really the insanity. Because I would go back without thinking about it. I wouldn't put the least little thought into, if I do that again, I'm back on that path. And that, for me, when I start hearing that little voice about the seemingly vitally important this or that, one of the fellow members reminded me when I was doing a Step 10 last week, that's the voice of the disease, the voice of the disease trying to get me to concentrate on those other things that are outside of myself that are getting me to veer from the path that I've chosen to be on. And what really is safety for me is this program and doing the, the steps. And I think it's, it's interesting that for me too, things that seem vitally important. Happiness was an excuse too. Why would someone not want to be overly happy? 
You deserve it. You should celebrate. It's it's your chance. For me, even that experience was an emotion I didn't want to have. I would feel out of control. So how would I get back in control? Well, I would use that food as a way of controlling, a way of controlling my behavior, a way of controlling my emotions. So for me, that was also just an excuse. Um, I forgot to throw my timer. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. You had 15 seconds, so good job. Thank you, Meg D. Colleen M., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. This is Colleen M. Can I be heard? Uh, here you will. Thank you. Go Thank ahead. you. Thank you. Um, this just brings to me um, that what I hear in the shares, which have been amazing, um, makes me think of, uh, for me, this is just an ego-deflating process, and I have to constantly... Um, look at where what my ego is telling me, and when they talk about vitally important, um, you know, things are vitally important to me all the time when I am trying to run the show. And uh, you know, I today I may have to have a new blouse. Two weeks from now, that is like, why did I buy that? I don't, I didn't even need that, and I don't even really like it that much. But at the moment, it was vitally important. Unless I'm submitting to my higher power on a regular basis and checking in throughout the day, I can get very caught up in uh, what I want. Uh, something uh, also, a little story where he talked about being um, sober and he had a year and a half where he was, um, what did it say, something about being in despair and suffering from depression. And the only thing that uh, lifted him was working with another person. And that kind of reflected, I, I reflected back to that with working with others in this program and how that does take me out of myself. And the, the longer I do the program, the more I see the miracles coming true for myself and others. And I expected to have a spiritual awakening and then live happily ever after. Because I'm all about living happily ever after, my pink and purple world. And um, the psychic change has taken a lot longer um, to happen. Uh, and I get spiritual awakenings on a regular basis, but I still have to work on my sick mind. Um, and I think that's going to be a lifelong process. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Colleen. Okay, Diana S., followed by Nancy S. Go ahead, Diana. Paragraph 3. Oh. Yes, paragraph three, one, page 153. Thank you. Diane, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Diane, are you there? Hey, good morning. It's Diana S. Recovered in Arkansas. Thank you so much. Um, such wonderful shares today. Um, yeah, I, I also want to share on that line at the time seemed vitally important. So um, there's been a lot of things that, you know, even in program I've put before um, before recovery, um, things that, you know, I really believe needed to be in place before I could, I could get um, recovery. But God just always pulled me in different directions, and, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, of 
and also, you know, what has helped me a lot is is just hearing the the voices of recovery of of what has worked for them, and um, and asking asking um, other fellows to share experiences with me of so that I can learn to trust a higher power, which which is new to me. Um, you know, letting um, letting a super supernatural force guide their way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it's totally something new, and so I have to learn how to surrender to that power every day because, um, you know, that power can do for me way more um, through my surrender than than I can through my control. Um, so it's not just about, you know, what am I going to um, put down, what am I going to give up, which, you know, I, I've been abstinent and I've been able to put the food down, um, but instead of picking up the food, what what am I doing now? Um, so instead of you know running to the food for for comfort when things don't go my way, I I now run to my higher power, and um, the thoughts for food you know are are just every day less and less, and and I am so thankful. Um, I'm experiencing miracles in in that way where. Um, you know, I don't feel like I, I have to finish my entire food. I can I can take it or leave it. Um, I'm starting to become neutral. And I am just so, so thankful, so grateful that, that God has done more for me than I could do for myself. And that is because, you know, I I first believed in the program. I first heard your voices and, and heard the stories that um you know, God did for you guys what what I've been trying to do for myself for years, and so I allowed myself to to believe that. In. Okay, Diana, thank you so much. Uh, Nancy F, you're up, and then we're going to take a few more names. Hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello? Nancy? Yeah. Nancy, your phone's a little bit distorted. Can you re- reset, reset? Is that better? I think so. Keep talking. Okay. What paragraph are we on? Uh, we are on page 153, the third paragraph. Nancy, I'm still getting a lot of distortion on your phone. Okay, I'll pass then. I'm sorry. That's Try okay. again if you want to chime back in and maybe call back in or something. Oh, okay. Thank you. And I don't have the amount of time that you said, so I shouldn't read anyhow. Okay. Well, keep, keep trying. Thank you so much. Okay, so we are going to take some names and numbers. Sorry, yes, names. And so if you could please give me your first name and initial of your last name. Vinnie T. Um, M. Teresa P. I got Vinnie T. The only person I got, Vinnie T. Gotcha. I've got Teresa Um, B. Vinnie T. Teresa P. I got Um, Teresa. Yes. Yeah. Um, M. One of our 
And yeah, I got you, Ann. Lola N. Lola N. Cindy M. Cindy M. I could take another person. All right. Virginia N. Virginia N. N is in Nancy. Got it. All right. Let's go with that. Teresa B., Vinny T., Ann M., Lola N., Cindy M., and Virginia N. Okay. Let's go. Teresa, you're up. Did you, uh, I was unmuting. Did you ask for Teresa P? I did. Okay. Hi, I'm Teresa P, a grateful, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I really enjoy this uh, passage we're doing today because, you know, this is, uh, this was my life was uh, escaping from pain and uh, doing what I thought was vitally important because, you know, they just weren't doing it right. And, uh, and I did pray to God, and you know, and he screwed up on the really vital stuff. Well, not, yeah, he did. And so I just had to take over, and, you know, that's when things really went to hell. And, um, you know, and uh, the food was always, and I don't know why I always got, I ate as far back as I can remember, over eight, compulsively over eight, like drawn to the refrigerator like to a magnet. So this was way when I was a little kid. And... Um, so what I did, you know, so I had a lifetime of this until I got into program at 45. And uh, what I know I have, uh, you know, keep coming back and keep working program. And, you know, it's just it uh, things get revealed a, a little at a time. And, you know, it really is all about um, turning my life and will over, turning my will over. You know, it's not it's thy will be done, not Teresa's will be done. And uh, but the first what comes up is but I don't like it. A lot of things have happened that I don't like. They just to me feel awful. And you know what? But every time that I go through these things, I find that on the other side, these beautiful, wonderful things have happened. But each time I go, but I don't want to feel uncomfortable or downright miserable. And what I get to do is is just keep doing it. And that's what. You know, program teaches me is that, you know, I, I do get to go. I need to go through the door. And it's uncomfortable to go through the door because on the other side of the door are the gifts. And, you know, and just and number one was, you know, the compulsive overeating. You know, I did it all my life, suffered all my life, tried to control it all my life, prayed to God, and nothing, nothing worked until, you know, I could... You know, until I got into program, desperate, you know, desperation is a beautiful gift. Desperate, dying it, you know, and I got, you know, shown that, you know, it's give it up. Well, how do I do that? You know, I've died that before. Well, that's what the uh, program is for. And especially, you know, the way the big book shows us going through the steps, you know, the way it's outlined because it works and 
you know that there is life in the big book. It tells me how to do real life. It was written by, you know, alcoholics who'd, who'd gone through the hard road, been to hell and back, you know. And so that's that's what I want as my guide, been to hell and back, because that's where I've been, as I've been to hell, and I want to keep on the road back because it works. You know, the things that I think are important aren't that important. And I hear the bell, and thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Teresa. Vinny T., your turn. Am I being heard? Yes. Thank you. Um, This is Vinny T., recovered in North Carolina, very gratefully. Um, Yeah, I love this paragraph, too, because I I just learned something from it, so now it's my favorite paragraph. Um, Vitally important. in my youth, my, my job was vitally important to me, and uh, I managed, even though I was in terrible shape with overeating and everything, to do my job and do it really well. I was very successful. And then when I retired, um, you know, I wanted to get out there and live and, and, and enjoy what I had accomplished, and, and you know, um, I couldn't. Uh, I, I had, you know, put so much weight on it, I couldn't move around. But hearing this today, I realized that now in recovery, recovery is my job. You know, my, my job is to build my connection. And that is what gets me, you know, that is the answer to me to how, how to do real life, as the previous person said, Teresa. And that's vitally important to me. Um, and, and it's, totally, you know, making my life wonderful. <laughs> um, and I am enjoying what I have accomplished. Uh, and and I, I'm actually aware of what I have accomplished, uh, which I wasn't before. And then uh, one other little thing I thought um, when uh, in the first uh, share, um, the, the words hard feelings, I said, uh, you know, I cause them, uh, but I can't live with them. <laughs> so I um, I want to say again how grateful I am, and thank you for your service, everyone, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vinny. All right, and M, go ahead. Hi, Amy. Thanks for taking the meeting, and thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, yeah, I really, you know, when this was read first, I didn't really, you know, think there was anything in it for me or what I could share, but you know, the reader did a great, you know, job and just highlighting to me how important it is. And, you know, the part where it says working with others, I love that because it makes us all very much equal and, uh, you know, very humbling as well. We're not better or worse than anybody else in the program. And uh, it's not just about sponsoring. It's about working with others, you know, sharing 10 steps and, and, and sharing our experience, strength and hope. Um, yeah, and just the part as well, you know, where it says about, um, I talked about the family and just about the potential, you know, sponsee. And, and again, you know, we don't work with families now, which is really, you know, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, about how to approach a potential, a potential um, sponsee and, you know, just getting guidance around that and have my own experience in that. And, you know, there is there is a little bit, and everybody is very different. You know, we're all very diverse and unique as well. Um, and the the parts as well, the shared already. Um, you know, if you had been 
successful in his enterprise, he would have been set on his feet financially, which at the time seemed vitally important. And, and you know, it's like that with shares, you know, wife or, or no wife, job or no, wife, no job. It's not any condition, you know, for us to get recovery. It's about being desperate and willing to, to take guidance. Um, yeah, and it's about the part of being willing to be um, sponsored and to be teachable and to surrender. Surrender the food is the first surrender, and I suppose the, 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 the second surrender is going to the program and getting our defects highlighted to us, um, which is a hard knock to take. It really is, and you really have to be willing to do this. Um, yeah, the part then at the end, you know, about, you know, the hard feelings and I've heard chairs before, you know, we're powerless, we're powerless over in step one, we're powerless over our, our feelings and we're, our, and our, our food is unmanageable and that's the way I look at it, you know, and that's why I need a 10 step in the program and, you know, I've got that in this program, it's, you know, skill set that I've learned to um, disperse my emotions, whether they're good or bad and, uh, I don't get to store them and I don't get to, you know, fester them and then the food doesn't call and I have I have a channel to, to, to my higher power. So I'm so, so grateful and thank you again, Amy, for hearing my name and thank you for taking the meeting. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anne. All right, Lola N., your turn, please. Hi, this is Lola N. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in New York and so glad to be on the line today and, you know, to think about this section, hearing what other people have said and the idea that when things seem to turn out badly, it may not really be bad because it is giving the gift of desperation and I will do things when I have that clear message that my will isn't working, um, that I need to rely on God. And it's a point that I feel in a bit right now. I've been unemployed for over a year and looking very hard to uh, find a job and not really being sure what God's will is and trying to pause and get quiet on that. And I listened on Sunday to a sponsee turn over her fifth step. And it's always such a wonderful experience to do that. And anytime I'm working with others, I hear what I need to hear, or I say something to them, which I realize I should be doing in a different way. And that getting out of myself which um, my head can be a bad neighborhood and helping others gets me out of my mental chatter. And some of the things that I thought were really bad in my life, not getting a promotion I wanted, um, you know, some other things turned out to be real blessings. And I get this view that, you know, with time, I really don't know you know, it's it's God and to know that there is a solution and, you know, working with others because I get so much from the working with others and I feel that's also one of the way that I get God's guidance is listening to fellows, listening to, to meetings, you know, working with people and, you know, as people said, doing the 10th step, it's so value, valuable. So thank you so much. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lola. Okay, Cindy M., it's your turn. 
Good morning, this is Cindy M. from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Thank you for your service today and for everybody being here on the line. Um, the thing that hit me about this was the um, uh, hard feelings. And I, I've always thought of that at, in, a, in a different way, like he had hard feelings like um, uh, he was offended um, but when you think about what what hit me today was that hard feelings are feelings that are hard to deal with. And um, I frequently have those feelings that are hard to deal with. Um, and, um, and, and it seems like since I started working the 12 steps and, you know, I've done, I've done this work, I, I recognize when I have hard feelings and I, and I kind of, question them, I still try to get rid of them. I still, you know, uh, will do whatever comes to mind, you know, be manipulative or be mean or be nice, whatever, you know, like it says in the book that we, we you know, try different things to control other people. Um, but I see it today that I'm doing that. And you know, but I have to ask God to help me because I don't know how to do it differently. Um, you know, I, I have to, um, I do have to take that pause. I do have to say, wait a minute, th these are my feelings. They aren't responsible for my feelings. And, and think, okay, am I being manipulative? Because really, I don't want to do that. I want to be honest. And you know, sometimes I'm sarcastic and, and that's not honest. And um, so this program challenges my behavior. And um, while I have to concentrate on me in order to see that behavior, I can, um, I can think, well, what's best for you too? You know, instead of just what, how do I get what I want? But realize that the other person that I'm, getting mad at because they have hard feelings. They have hard feelings and I need to be more sensitive to their feelings and um, realize that they're a person and that they have feelings. <laughs> and, you know, I have trouble. I mean, you know, I have had trouble being sensitive to that and just think only my feelings count. But um, so this was a good reading today and I love all your shares because it's really help me to see more of what I need to see. So thank you for listening and thank you for all your service and for being there today. Thanks, Cindy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you, Cindy. Appreciate that. All right. Virginia M., please go ahead. Uh, good morning. This is Virginia N., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Southwest Virginia. And um, the part where it says, it set on his feet financially seemed vitally important. And I just um, made me think back as to um, when I thought things were very important that they should happen or people should do what I want them to do. And I have a really strong personality and I can remember making things happen. Like I could do that. I could force people. I could manipulate people. And 
when I got what I wanted, it still was never enough because I still had this emptiness inside and that was that God hole. And I just, I didn't know what it was and I didn't know what to do about it before I found program. And I just really learned my best thinking kept getting me back in the food. And I just try to always remember I'm not running the show anymore because when I did, it it didn't work out. <laughs> And when I, I I always thought I knew what was best for me, but but the best wasn't what was right for me. And I really try now that I have a program and I'm work, I'm trying to live in 10, 11, and 12. That that if something doesn't work out the way I thought it would, that my higher power has something better for me in store. And um, I'm just in a much better place of of having acceptance to know that my higher power is here to take care of me, and if I keep doing the next right thing, the next right thing will happen. So thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Virginia. Okay, so we have time for, I guess, about two shares. Who would like to chime in? Irini M. Irini? Can you take one more? Okay. Madam. All right. Matt, I got you. All right. So, Irene, please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irene, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. So what is vitally important to me right now? How strong is my program on a daily basis? And how connected am I with God? So when I have hard feelings and become vulnerable and tempted with any character defects that surface because I'm feeling restless, irritated, and discontent, whether feeling sad or discouraged, I have a choice what to do with these thoughts and feelings. And thank God I have a program that reminds me where I stand and who I am. Most importantly, being connected to God that can direct my thoughts to turn to my spiritual tools that I have used, to turn to my fellows that I can reach out to, to turn my thoughts to God and how he would have me be. And this turning, this choice of turning, This is what gives me strength and power to ride the waves with any disturbances by living my program and having conscious contact with God on a daily basis in a continual, deeper way. You know, trust God, clean house, and help others, um, and to continue to carry the message. That's what our primary purpose is, is to carry the message, not just to get abstinent or recovered. It's about getting connected, to be connected, and then staying connected. And when we carry the message, we are connected to God, ourselves, and others. And the journey has no destination, but only inspiration of going deeper each and every day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Okay, Matt, you are up. Thank you very much for your service, Amy. This is Matt M. Compulsive Overeater. 
Uh, you know, I really have to focus on myself when I figure what I need to focus on, like a program, to keep myself connected to my higher power. Uh, I understand that it takes a lot. It takes a village to raise an impulsive overeater. I always have to, like, focus on um, um, my recovery and what I need to do to keep myself out of the food every day. Um, you know, I do struggle sometimes. Some days I uh, better than others, and it's been really difficult, you know, being uh, as other people, I'm not the only one. Which is why I'm grateful that I have to get out of my I get out of my own head every day. I tell myself you're not alone. You know this quarantine going on right now, and I tell myself that every day. You know to get out of the self pity and the self and the self um, the self harming behaviors. You know um, I tell myself every day you're not alone. You're you you, you got to get out of yourself. You got to do outreach calls. You got to call your sponsor. You got to pray. You got to meditate. You got to do all the things you do that you did yesterday to try to keep to for you recover for your own recovery. And I do that every day. You know, you got to keep the habits going, the healthy habits, you know, that, that, that keep you out of the food. And um, I'm very grateful today that I'm doing that. I'm texting gratitudes every day to my, my group every day. Um, and uh, I do feel my connection to my higher power. Um, it's not easy when you don't have it, when, when you, ha- you have to force yourself into a routine when, you didn't, when, when there isn't one. And, um, and I'm grateful that I do have, a sense of belonging to a group of people that accept me for who I am. You know, it's, you don't always get that. You have to find, you have to find your own tribe. I found my own tribe. And it's, it's a miracle. I never thought I would ever belong to a group of people that understand me for who I am and where I belong. And this is where I belong. And with that, I pass. Thank you for me share. Thank you, Matt. Okay, well, we actually have two minutes left. Is there someone that would like to take us out? Don't be shy. Blanca B. Okay, go ahead, Blanca. Hi, um, thank you very much. I'll try to be brief. Um, Yes, I have to agree with... um, with Matt, who just spoke, it's the hardest thing has been staying on to my healthy routine when it seems like routines are, are, are just have just vanished uh, every day, doing the things of everyday habits and um, everything just fell apart, it seems, when this crisis occurred. And I found that that's when I needed this program uh, maybe the most. To be reminded that um, if I remain spiritually uh, fit, that I'll be able to do that. And I also am am very grateful and and happy to report that I have been. uh, When the chaos hit, I did not become chaotic. When the fear hit, I did not become fearful. I was able to continue uh in in my my life and my OA life and that's through the grace of God and this program and to remind myself every day one day at a time has probably been priceless for me especially now one day at a time and on that I will pass thank you so much and on that note I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Thank you, Team Tuesday. 
please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's date, Tuesday, April 28th. We had a couple technical difficulties, so there's two numbers for the recording for the first half of the meeting, 14,517-14517, and for the remainder of the meeting, 14,518-14518. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Vinny T., will you please read that? Am I being heard? I can hear you. All right, thank you. Vinny T., recovered in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past, Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.